Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Everybody and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And we're here again to talk about games and storytelling. Uh, I've, been, I've, I've been workshopping a theme song, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I hope that the last few episodes of us talking about things that we know a little bit about have, have uh, garnered us some goodwill, because this week I want to talk about something that I know next to nothing about in specific, but a reasonable amount about in abstract. <laughs> uh, okay. So I I don't know where this came why this came into my mind recently. But I want to talk about esports. Oh, okay. I don't want to talk about any specific esport like there this is not me being like I want to talk about the competitive scene in Magic the Gathering, although I can potentially bring that into this. But in particular, I want to talk about esports and manufactured narratives. Okay. So, for a little bit of background here, uh, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, works for the NFL Network. And he works in the department whose job it is to keep all of the records for every player, every team, every region, all of, like, the raw data of football straight like tabulating every touchdown who was it scored by at what minute by what team like all of that just like raw numerical data about who has done what he is responsible for tabulating so that in the middle of a game if player x is about to achieve his y touchdown of the season and that is a notable moment the anchors who are on air have that information to talk about. And I think this is fascinating. Like this is I remember when he got this this job, I was I thought this was a really cool thing because it kind of clicked in my head of like, oh, you're responsible for letting the commentators craft a story. You are you are accumulating all of this raw data that then becomes drama. And that sounds really highfalutin and pretentious, but, like, you you get what I mean, I hope. Yeah. And, like, at its core, that is what people like about sports, really. Like, yes, there is the sheer impressiveness of, like, you know, watching someone who is very good at a very specific thing do that thing. But the reason that people are fans of players or franchises or fighters in something like boxing or like whatever the sport that they care about is, is for these like, if it was a video game, we would call it like emergent narrative. And I, we've talked about that in the context of like open world games before on this show. Right. But like stuff like 
in 2016 when the Cubs won the the World Series for the first time in like almost a hundred years, and they did it in a rain delay ninth inning at like midnight after coming back from like having to win like three games in a row to do it. Like that is the kind of thing that if you were writing a movie, the script writers, the guys in the writing room would be like, nah, this is too fucking hackneyed. This would never happen. <laughs> but it did happen. And that's why that was such a memorable like thing. People right. like sports, people like, or people become fans of teams for those kinds of like, dramatic arcs that just sort of happen that's actually a pretty good i i don't know how to seamlessly segue into this thing i want to talk about so well I'm hey just we've just segued right um huh i said well <laughs> hey we've just done it it's why we just did it exactly um but just just hearing about that kind of reminds me of an interesting el- additional element that you get out of esports specifically yeah um where and i mean i i guess this does have an equivalent in this this does have an equivalent in real life sports, but I think the interesting dynamic here is that players, th- there is an additional element in esports of picking your character um, and mm-hmm. like choosing mm-hmm. a very specific skill set. I think in real life, you know, we have this idea that um, you know you're you're limited by your physical ability, so you train to overcome your shortcomings. Um, and I think the cool thing about esports is particularly I'm thinking of MOBAs or um, something like, you know, fighting games. But I yeah. think this also applies to first person shooters with like loadouts and stuff. You're you're basically knowingly picking your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the the specific story I wanted to mention was I, I don't remember what Evo this was. Uh, it was it was a particular year where uh, Blaze Blue was at Evo. Okay. Hey, Dylan, um, what's Evo? Oh, right. Doi. Sorry. <laughs> um, for all the people at home who aren't Chris Wilson, um, <laughs> Evo is this international fighting game tournament that is, um, or at least up till now, <laughs> thanks pandemic, thanks shocking revelations that I won't get into here, um, Evo was a annual uh, tournament, I want to say in L.A., um, yeah, and like one of the biggest fighting game tournaments in the world, if not the biggest. And and you would get people from all over. Yeah. Uh, like primarily, you know, Japan, Korea. Um, but like, oh, I got to tell you a story about uh, tech, <laughs> the Tekken fighting game scene, because that's its own thing. But we'll, we'll get there. I have to look up the guy's name anyway. Um, so that'll probably be a post playbill thing if we have <laughs> enough time in this episode for one. But uh yeah, so uh, Blaze Blue at Evo, Evo being this big tournament, and there is a person who makes it into top eight, uh, playing as Bang Shishigami, and who's Bang Shishigami? I hear you ask, audience member at home. <laughs> He's um, a wild character in Blaze Blue. <laughs> yes, he is a ninja who the presentation around him is that he is the protagonist of his own anime, and he's. In the story of the game, he's kind of regarded as a joke character. He's kind of the butt of a bunch of jokes. When he, um, his, and in uh, gameplay, he's his like main very... super move in the first game he appears in includes its own theme song <laughs> as he does a fucking like anime protagonist transformation. Sung by the guy behind the opening of Dragon Ball Z, by the way. It's so good. I love it so much. It's so good. Um, ba, ba, yeah. Ba, ba. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. That's so Continue good. Continue with your it's, story. It's so good. But anyway, um, Bang is a very low-tier character. He just doesn't have a lot of potential. Um, one of my best friends, he loves Bang and plays him in every game despite knowing that he's not a good character. Um, but in top eight, there was a player named Dora Bang. So, you know, like, he, he proudly proclaimed that he was a Bang main. He showed up to the stage in cosplay. Um, Yo! Yeah, he, he was wearing the costume, he was playing, the, he was maining the character, and he got really far. And he, he didn't make it to the, the finals, but it was still really fun and exciting to see something so unexpected happen. And, like, whenever I play Blaze Blue with Brandon to this day... I will reference Dora Bang because you want to believe that Dora Bang can come back. Heck yeah. And take it all. And that kind of gets to like the first big point I wanted to get to. Cause like the, what I'm hoping to do this episode is just kind of like look at the elements of what makes sports compelling in that kind of emergent narrative vein. And then look at the counterparts in esports because I would argue that esports have a lot of advantages. Isn't the right word. But like a lot of what make pe- what makes people love regular sports, esports do in a way that is almost more direct. Mm-hmm. And things like that are exactly part of it. Like in the world of basketball, you have these titans who people like individual players that people become fans of. People like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, uh still playing today, LeBron James, like these people who are fans of an individual player more than any like team see all of the people who follow LeBron wherever he transfers <laughs> um but like with with esports that that drama of like finding the player that you really really gel with whether it's because he mains the same guy you do in your fighting game like Dora Bang or if you're a fan of League of Legends you find somebody who plays the position that you like to play and plays it really well and you become a fan of them and then by extension their team then there's the added element of the internet and parasocial relationships and the fact that so many of these people who become high level competitive gamers in the esports scene will also do things like stream on Twitch and cultivate their own communities through things like Twitch and YouTube. And you end up with, like, an even closer bond of, like, I'm going to watch the Dragon Ball Fighter Z World Championships, and I'm going to be pulling for Wawa all the way through. Because that's who you, like, you, you are in their stream and you're watching them play. Or even, like, you know, there are streamers who will open up their lobbies and just, like, play with random people. And so you you get this added element of, like, not only do they main your character and do it really well, but maybe you've even played them. Very few people have played basketball with LeBron James at this point who are not also professional basketball players. (laughs) But there's a not insignificant number of people who are not professional fighting game players who have gotten to play against some of the best players in the world and probably gotten uh, the floor wiped with them. But... Now I'm thinking of that scene from Space Jam where a but like a girls bas like a high school girls basketball team beats Charles Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then the lead one goes, you're not Charles Barkley, you're just some fool who looks like him. Be gone. Big energy, big, big, uh, very similar energy to that scene in Airplane. He's like, I know you, you're Kareem (laughs) (laughs) Abdul-Jabbar. Which is one of the funniest jokes in that movie. (laughs) Listen to you, little shit. (laughs) Um... But yeah, like that's that's just kind of an element that I think, you know, not to say that there aren't people who are as big of fans of LeBron James as there are people who are, you know, fans of Sonic Fox or, you know, pick your esports big name person. But the the vibe of that relationship and the fact that like it's like one half the scene being a little smaller because like even as things like League of Legends and Evo and like there are esports tournaments with huge amounts of money poured into them and huge amounts of viewership. It's not the NFL. It's not the NBA. There's like a difference in scale there. So I think part of it might also just be like the community is that little bit smaller. I don't know. It's it's something that, that always, I, I find that really interesting, just especially when you see people like, oh yeah, they're just on Twitch in an open lobby in this fighting game playing whoever logs on and can, you know, wait through the queue. I want to know your story about uh, the Tekken scene now. Okay, yeah, I, I just pulled it up. Chris, have I ever told you about um, Arslan Ash? You have not. That At least not that I can remember. Okay, so I think this was Evo last year, if not Evo the year before. I'm pretty sure it was last year, though. I want to say uh, the uh, top three Tekken players in the world are Korean, something like that. I, I don't know the Tekken scene very well. Um but I do know that um, there there was someone who uh, there was a player in Adivo from Pakistan, um, and that's unusual because uh, you you need a, a visa to get um, to travel out of Pakistan. And from what I understand, this was summed up to me in like a like a YouTube documentary video um so if, if i find that i'll link it to you because it's a really interesting story regardless on if you're in the scene or not but he he comes in and he he, he makes it to he makes it to la he he goes to evo and he wins the entire tournament because his play style is so different and so unconventional from like the established way to play tekken oh really because they've had like the entire tekken pakistan scene exists entirely within its own bubble oh that's really cool so it's completely different from how anyone else in the world plays tekken and that's so fucking cool so so players like players are fighting him and they don't know how to react to him because they're they're used to um like you know these uh specific characters who have good lead-ins to very long combos Sure. Uh, but what Arslan did is he picked characters that were all about pokes, getting pokes in really short but high damaging combos in. And that was just something that, like, people did not do in Tekken, apparently. That's um, really like, cool. It's all about, like, it. They, he somehow took Tekken's footsies and made it into a huge thing, like, that the players were just not able to figure out for a while. See, and this is what I'm talking about with this emergent narrative, because, again, that is the exact story of, like, pick your martial arts movie. Exactly. Like, fucking, e- that is the story of Ip Man. 
like and one one him, of the top you know, Tekken having players. this this unique form of kung fu that the uh, the Japanese martial artists he's fighting just don't know how to deal with. One one of the world's top Tekken players went to Pakistan to train yeah. to learn this new <laughs> style of fighting. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's incredible. He's fucking. He said, "All right, fuck it. I'm strapping the weights on. I'm going in the gravity chamber." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming out until I know how Fighting to fight this guy. Fighting games are anime, both in the game and out. That's I any. Mean, this is the same thing that you get in like, in a more manufactured way in like WWE or reality television. It's like that same idea of like all of this stuff happens and we edit it down to show you the highlights, except you didn't need to edit it. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I, I'm I am obsessed with this man going on a fighting game pilgrimage to Pakistan. <laughs> right. I, I, I have to show you this because this uh, video was shown to me by uh, one of my oldest friends who um, was so good at Tekken and I was so bad at fighting games that I thought I just didn't like fighting games until I played other fighting games and was <laughs> on more even ground. Um, so... Yeah, uh, Tekken's one of his favorite fighting games of all time, and I was over his house once, and he was like, dude, 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 dude. Uh, so he, he showed me the whole story. It's it's really cool. Let's hop into, uh, we'll do a, a quick early slide into the playbill, do what we need to do there, and then we'll come back out and see what else there is to talk about. Like I said, I didn't really know how deep this well was going to be, uh, but... Mm-hmm. It's something that I've been thinking on recently and I think is really interesting. Um, I mean, I think it's it's nice to have a recording of just our thoughts about the scene. Yeah, because like, again, that I like I mentioned earlier, I am not the person to talk to about esports generally. Right. Uh, I, I tend to follow like the world championships for League of Legends because I find them interesting and I know enough about the game to be impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then similarly, like recently uh, with with the the global pandemic there haven't been able to have like in-person fighting game tournaments so dragon ball fighters has been doing like online world tournaments uh that i've been watching a little bit of but and nintendo's dropped the ball in this regard yeah seems to (laughs) but you know uh anyway yeah let's let's slide into the playbill and we'll see what we have when we come back okay here we go So Dylan, tell me yes, about. Yes, I know. I have to stop doing those noises. <laughs> no, I love them. Never stop. Little. Never change. <laughs> okay. Tell me about big robots. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I could, but I I could also talk about bands, um, because that's what we talk about on. Dude, you remember Macross now? Uh, dude, you remember Macross being a show that I co-host with our friend Coop? Um, we we cover the. I, I hate calling it old because, like, it's a series, it's a franchise that continues to exist, but we cover this uh, long-running um, Japanese animation franchise called Super Dimensional Fortress Macross, um, and it has many iterations over the years, and the one we're watching now is Macross 7. Um, we had a huge backlog of episodes that uh, Coop has edited together and we're actually up to date now we we recorded our latest episode this afternoon um as of the recording of this episode of backstage gaming um so we're back uh we're really excited to be talking about this series and yeah it's 
there there is a giant robot involved in this current series, but it's it's really <laughs> about it's a it's a story about a music, a rock band, and that's new and interesting and different. So I'm excited to see where it goes, and I hope you will be too. If you want to check us out, you can find us on at Dude You Remember. That is D U D E. And uh, yeah, you can find us on anchor.fm slash dude you remember. We are also on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You should also go check out The Unexplored Places. It's a great actual play podcast that Dylan and I are both players in. Uh, season one, which we were not in, is a spooky mystery monster story set in rural Ohio using the Monster of the Week game system. And now we're doing a swashbuckly heist sci-fi adventure type story using the scum and villainy system it is a blast the last few episodes that i was involved in recording with were uh, a huge amount of fun and it's a great show if you like actual plays if you like sci-fi if you like just big weird adventures you will definitely like the unexplored places you can find them on twitter at unexploredcast or by going to unexploredcast.libsyn.com and you should go check them out Thank you, as always, to our patrons over at patreon.com slash bsgpod. Uh, it is thank to you that we are able to do this show without losing money, and that is incredible and uh, just means the world to us. So thank you so much for the support there. If you like our show and you want to support us a little bit more directly, uh, patreon.com slash bsgpod is a great way to do that. Also, thank you to the HB Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. It's a great network full of podcasts about video games, as the name would imply. If you like our show, you'll probably like a few of theirs, too. They're from all different kinds of angles, from the fandom side, the news side, the development side, and then weird esoteric sides like us. So go check them out. You can find all of those shows being retweeted over on Twitter at HPVGPodNetwork. Yes. Anything else for the good of the people, Dylan? No. And... Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, I don't fully know how much more uh, meat I have to pull off of these bones. I'm I'm trying to think of, like... Because the other thing about these kinds of sports narratives, aside from, like, the, the, the people, the fandom in, like, I really love LeBron James, I really love Tachikawa, whatever, uh, there's also just, like, the elements of... Kind of like what I brought up earlier, that idea of the game itself becoming a story, like all of the data that my brother-in-law is responsible for gathering, or the the Cubs World Series rained out final inning bullshit, all of these kinds of things of, like, the mechanics of the game combined with the personalities playing coming into this moment of, like, a story being told. I'm I'm thinking in particular even of, like, in uh, in the League of Legends scene, there's a player from, from Korea named Faker who... For a long time, and might still be, he was considered the best player in the world, like bar none. Uh, and he was the mid laner for a team called uh, SKT, and they they have, to this day, won more world championships than any other team in League of Legends. Oh, damn. And this year, for the first time, I think, ever, SKT, the team that Faker plays for, did not make it to the world championships. Oh. And that was a huge deal. 
And that led to a much more just kind of like exciting vibe in the commentary and in the group stage and in all of the the matches and things because suddenly this like sure thing wasn't there right and it's not like they won the whole thing every year but they were always a contender and so that element of them not being there just led to so much more tension and so much more like possibility of like who's gonna end up making it all the way with this titan absent. I don't know. I, I think that things like that are really cool. And I, like, I, I, I'm fascinated by the way that sports just kind of cause drama to happen organically. Right. Because I, there's not really anything else like that. Like everything else in entertainment is either scripted or heavily, heavily edited. Like it's mm-hmm. either scripted shows or you know semi-scripted things like the wwe and other professional wrestling or it's like reality shows where it's might it might not be scripted but there are producers like prodding people in certain directions and then there's editors that are able to like craft a narrative in post essentially there's a vision yeah yeah and so the the way that sports and esports are able to completely organically create these things that feel like they have to be scripted like this guy coming out of Pakistan and wiping the floor with the best fighting game players in the world which is my new favorite thing that has ever been it's fascinating and it's really cool and I it's one of those things that like I I want to know more about I want to be more into like the competitive fighting game scene and the other esports scenes but I'm currently not, so maybe this is a bad topic for I mean, our podcast. Yeah, un- unfortunately, yeah, I don't really, I don't really follow esports that closely. But like, when I like, I, I guess, I guess the takeaway from this is, if there's a game that you like out there that is multiplayer and potentially played competitively, it doesn't have to be fighting games. It doesn't even have to be league. It can be Pokemon. It can, yeah, it can be-, be Pokemon. There's there's a huge competitive Pokemon scene. There's a, there's competitive, competitive scenes for things like Magic the Gathering. Uh, I used to know a, a lot about the competitive scene. Magic the Gathering scene, but oh, not yeah, anymore. True. Yeah, like, odds are good if, they, if it is a multiplayer game that can be played against other people, there's probably at least a moderate competitive scene for it. Um, And I think that, like... I really want to see know, competitive Mario Party now. Yo, I... <laughs> Hell, with the most recent one, didn't people like actually put out tier lists? Oh yeah, because the, the most recent Mario had, Party like, character specific dice. Yeah, and so suddenly there was a fucking tier list for Mario Party. <laughs> but no, I I think that that's something that's that can be really cool. And then there's also the element of like thinking specifically about fighting games, like the whole kind of even on the outside of the esports world, there's like this meta narrative level to playing fighting games of like wanting to train and wanting to get better and you the players desire to like hop into the lab in a fighting game and like really dig into your chosen characters or your desire to like grind out as many games you can in magic arena and try to get as high a rank as you can like that element is already there in so many of these games that all it takes is like being able to watch from the outside for it to suddenly become really compelling, especially if it's a game you already like. Right. Like, that's the draw for me with things like the the Dragon Ball Fighters worlds, is, like, 
I'm not good at that game, but I love that game. So watching people who are really good at it is awesome. Yeah, and I, I think the variety also adds a nice layer. Because even if I don't really play Injustice, for example, I play yeah. enough fighting games that I can find watching Injustice to be exciting. Um, yeah, I and mean, I think that's where a lot of people come in with sports, too. Like, I, the only sport I've ever played seriously back when I was a kid was soccer. And so I love watching, like, the World Cup every four years when it's on because I know enough about soccer to, like, get it. Uh, but, like, because of that, I know a little bit about what it's like if I'm watching someone play hockey. I've never played hockey. I have no fucking idea what it's like to play hockey. But I can watch it and be like, this looks like good team play. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I get what you're saying, though. Like, you know, you're not going to have all the rules of hockey in your head, but you'll have enough of a frame of reference that it won't be too big of an issue. Exactly. I don't know anything about the intricacies of, uh, of Tekken, but if you think I'm not going to go track down the VODs of that Tekken tournament you were talking about as soon as this is done, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of all I... Uh, all I really had to bring to this. It was just sort of a... Uh... It's it's going to be a, a weird holiday season, I think. So I, I I hope our audience does not begrudge us the occasional short episode. Yeah, it'll be a little short. It'll be a little rambly. But I hope it gave you something to think about. Because, I again, like I'm sure there are people out there who have more concisely and eloquently talked about everything that we've done. But I still think it's really cool. And if you have any uh, any experiences or, like gotta watch it moments from you know whatever esports scene you're into don't say evo let us know about it i would love to everyone's seen evo moment 37 <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about the daigo parry i still don't know what you're talking about wait what really street fighter 3 the the parries P parries no no <laughs> how does dakota know what the daigo parry is and you don't <laughs> well shit i don't know if you're reading me or him harder <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, tell us about cool moments. Tell us about uh, whatever esports scene you're really into. I'd love to know more. Uh, anything else, Dylan, before I head into the wrap-up mode? I'm, you I'm can waiting. yell at me about the Daigo Perry after we're done recording. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for someone. No, it was Evo Moment 37. I was afraid I used the wrong number for a second. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> no, wait. We All right, hey. We our credits. Yeah, we have to do our fucking outro. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this kind of rambly episode. Uh, it's been a week. It was a good time, though. Tell. And... I hope that you are able to enjoy it uh, anyway. Again, let us know about anything that this made you think about. Dylan will tell you how to reach out to us on social media. Before that, if you want to know more about our show in general, bsgpod.com is our website. There you can find info about me and Dylan, more stuff about the show, a contact form if you want to reach out to us directly, all that good stuff. Also, wherever you're listening, remember to leave a rating or review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on on Spotify, on Stitcher, on the Google Play Store, on any given podcatcher. Hey, Dylan, what about social media? Where can they... Oh, before I say that, remember to share us with everybody who you think would like us. We got the holiday season coming up. Hopefully you're not traveling because there's a global pandemic on and you care about others. <laughs> you care about others. <laughs> but maybe bring us up on your, uh, your, your socially distanced or virtual Thanksgiving get-togethers. Okay. Am I am I plugging that social really media got you, now? Yeah, go for it. Okay, um, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter, where our handle is at bsg underscore cast. Um, you know, and if you want to talk about uh, the stuff we talk about on the show, engage with us in any kind of way. Uh, we request that you use the hashtag bsgpod. 
Also, a huge, huge thanks to our friend Brennan French for the key art he has provided our show. If you dig his stuff, you should check him out at his Squarespace, brennan-french.squarespace.com. That is b-r-e-n-n-e-n-french.squarespace.com. You can also find him on instagram.com slash brennanfrencharts, and on Twitter, where his handle is at brennan underscore french. Also, go show some love to our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. He's a great electronica composer and producer, and you can find all of his music by going to soundcloud.com slash BioQuery. That's soundcloud.com slash B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y, or by heading to Spotify and searching for BioQuery. Thanks again to our patrons over at patreon.com slash bsgpod. It is thanks to you that we are able to do this, and it means the world to us. And if you like our show and want to support it more directly, patreon.com slash bsgpod is a great place to do that. And go show some love to the other shows over on the HP Video Game Podcast Network. Like I said earlier, you can find them all being retweeted at Network on Twitter. (sighs) I think that's everything. I hope you all have a wonderful and restful beginning of the uh the holiday season again you care about others right <laughs> god all right that's the goodbye ending on bye everybody <laughs>